Hey guys, good evening. And uh, so good to see uh, Jervain in the studio tonight with Bethany doing such a great job. And uh, that was a great uh, offering word you gave there, uh, JC. Absolutely on the money, as they would say. Well, tonight, uh, the topic I was given uh, by our executive pastor, tongue-in-cheek, was Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a very little man. And uh, even uh, at my age, I can still remember the little song that we used to sing in uh, in Sunday school about Zacchaeus being a very little man and a very little man was he and he climbed up into a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And so tonight I'm going to read from uh, from the scriptures and then I'm going to put a uh, modern twist uh, on Zacchaeus and just look at some things that uh, apply to us today in some areas in our lives where we can help uh, Zacchaeus's that we come across and we can put something positive uh, into their lives too. So let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 19. If you haven't got your physical Bible, use your iPad, your iPhone, whatever it is, and uh, just follow along. I'm reading from the New King James Version. So here we go, Luke chapter 19, and we're going to read from verses 1 through to 10. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Jesus was traveling, and uh, he passed through the city of Jericho, and he was obviously being uh, followed by a crowd of people, and he was with uh uh, some of those that followed him. Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was very rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Now, um, all that we're told in the in the scriptures is that Zacchaeus was of short stature. It doesn't exactly give us his height, whether it was four foot eleven or uh, you know or whatever. Uh, but uh, I, I just about make uh, five ten and a half uh, or thereabouts. And I know when I stand next to people like JC, uh, I feel a little smaller in uh, in, in stature. And uh, when I'm around Josiah, he too is tall. And um, you know, even our own lead pastor, Pastor Daniel, is has a few more inches on me. So I can understand how Zacchaeus felt that particular day. And uh, it says here uh, that he was of uh, short uh, stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. Jesus was going to pass directly past that sycamore tree. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Wow, can you imagine that? Jesus coming along uh, your road and seeing you and saying, hey, I want to come to your house for some tea. We're going to have some afternoon tea and we're going to have some cake and we're going to fellowship together. Wow, 
Would that not be exciting? So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Well, that was Jesus' job, to be around sinners, to bring them life, to bring them hope, to bring them joy, to bring them peace. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save which was lost. Hallelujah. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Amen. And that should be the cry of us all tonight. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. And Jesus makes us whole. And I'm just going to share some thoughts with you tonight uh, around this this thing and how we can get involved with people that that, uh, perhaps uh, are not tax collectors, taking more money than uh, than they really should do, because that was what was uh, Zacchaeus was about. He was uh, a tax collector working for the uh, the Roman uh, Empire at that time, and sometimes he would take a little bit more than he than he should to to put in his own pocket. But let let me just share something with you. At Bridgetown High School, Dennis uh, is uh, is a security guard. And, you know, in some schools uh, nowadays, they have security guards, but he is not very liked. And this this is a true story. This is not one I'm making up. And he has never once smiled at anyone and said anything. All he does is shout. He just shouts his orders. Get to your classroom. He's a mean spirited man. And his look puts fears into all the students. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine being at school and having someone there that just shouts at you and doesn't talk to you? You can imagine how the students feel. Well, two boys uh, who go to the school, Jake and Daryl, are especially frightened of Dennis. They wonder why he must be so mean. Daryl and Jake try everything to turn Dennis around. So you see these young these young kids at school are trying to turn Dennis around to try to get him to be friendly and to, 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 to uh, in, uh, engage with them. They wave, they smile, they tap him on the shoulder, but to no avail. He just tells them to go to class. And so Daryl and Jake, eventually, they just lose all hope and they just, they just give up and they're all... Then one day, Jane, one of the new teachers at the school, approached Dennis. She asked him why he was so mean. You see, sometimes we make assumptions and we don't ask why people are like they are. And so Jane had the courage to go, hey, uh, Dennis, why are you so mean? Dennis said it was because he was very lonely 
He had no friends and nobody to talk to. Well, probably if he shouted at everybody, that's why nobody wanted to talk to him. Jane decided to help him with his sadness. She invited him to eat lunch with her during his break. Dennis was shocked by this, but happily agreed. This caused him to have a change of heart. From that day forward, Dennis was everybody's favorite person on campus and brightened everybody's day. You see, sometimes we look at people's circumstances and we judge them by how they are, but we don't really know how they are on the inside. And, you know, uh, we don't always know, but God does. Hallelujah. And that's the great thing about our Lord and Savior. He knows on the inside. He knows what's in our heart. And uh, I, I did some research on this. Uh, once one they'll ask me if I would share on Zacchaeus tonight. I, I did a little bit of research. And evidence shows that when it comes to man, there are material benefits associated with height. <laughs> Taller men earn more on average. <laughs> Studies show teachers tend to teachers tend to select taller boys as natural leaders in their classes. As young as the age of three, can you imagine three years of age? Oh, and you're already being singled out as a leader. From salary to good looks, from perceived authority to assumptions about intelligence, we live in a world that draws immediate conclusions based on our height, physical stature. That's what matters. That's in the world. The reason uh, that, that, that I want to talk about our height uh, first is because there is a lesson we can learn from what we've just read in the gospel about snap judgments. There is a lesson here about the dangers of unconscious bias past uh, based on external appearance. You know, sometimes we just look at somebody and we base our assumptions on appearance and about seeing possibility and potential in the least likeliest of people and places. You know, this morning we heard Pastor Daniel talking about taking the key and unlocking. Here's a chance, an opportunity now to unlock something, to unlock someone's potential. Now, with Zacchaeus, we don't know anything about his family background uh, or about his family or his upbringing, but what we do know is and what we do know is not very flattering. It's all, everything's bad news about poor old Zacchaeus. Uh, for one, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Uh, this is not the occupation that would generate goodwill among fellow Jews. But that was his job. He collected the taxes on behalf of the Roman government. And uh, as we know from, from what we've read and from the stories that we've heard before, he took just that little bit, bit extra, which uh, put in his pocket to make him a rich man. They are in uh, the region of Roman Palestine, living under imperial rule. Rome subjected the people to what was known as a tributary tax system. 
So above and beyond paying taxes, the local magistrates, they were also taxed with the burden of paying financial uh, tribute to Caesar. The empire used local agents in the community to collect these taxes. So the Roman Empire used uh, people in that local community, uh, men who uh, had a strong uh, vigor and a strong personality to collect the money. Now we hear, okay, Zacchaeus was a small man, but he still collected taxes. Now most people that we uh, envisage uh, and who we see in these this day and age, the people that loan us money and then want to get it back from us are huge guys, probably, you know, twice as twice the size that we are, and we become frightened. But here's Zacchaeus, this little man collecting the money. Quite often, tax collectors would make the payment to Rome first, then, like a modern day bill collector, resort to extreme uh, measures uh, uh, to get their money. Violence and harassment were common. And the mere fact that local tax collectors were willing to collect with the empire for personal gain was not lost on the people. And, you know, tax collectors were viewed as awful, zealous people. They were evil agents of the Roman Empire. They were professional vampires. Uh, was what somebody used an expression just recently uh, one of the articles I read they, they referred to them as professional vampires now Zacchaeus uh, was was a tax collector and the Bible says that he was a rich tax collector this means secondly that he was good at his profession so he knew what to do he knew how to do it so today we think of drug dealers uh, we think of uh, uh, predatory lenders, people that loan us money and then put very high uh, interest rates on it and, and, and want to do crazy things with us if, if we don't give it back. Their wealth is consumerate with the willingness to exploit. And so many people today get exploited. For instance, tax collectors were known to exaggerate tax bills. Oh, dear. Padding the top from profit was commonplace. So whether by hook or by crook, Zacchaeus knew how to get the job done. He just knew. He just knew how to get the job done. The final thing, you know, that we, that, that, that we know about him was that he was short. He was a very short man. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if, if you made uh, a, a movie today, uh, Zacchaeus would be portrayed as a short uh, man, uh, as a gangster. And uh, you, you, you'd have, you know, the small actors. And uh, I didn't know this, but uh, uh, people like James Cagney, for instance, uh, was, was five foot five. And Edward G. Robinson was five foot seven. So they probably uh, would, would be the ones that were chosen uh, for, for the part. Uh, of Zacchaeus because of their height and because of their stature. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if, if we look, um, you know, at, at the perception that we have these days uh, and, and, and the perception they had back in ancient times, remember Saul, okay? Uh, let's talk about Saul. 
the Bible tells us that when the children of Israel des uh, uh, desired a king, what did they do? They selected Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. Why? Because the Bible describes him as what? Ugly? Short? Old? No. The Bible describes Saul, okay, as handsome young man, okay, who was a head taller than anyone else. So he was tall. Okay, so that tells us that there was an optical, co the optical correlation between height and humanity. That's how people viewed him. That's how people still today view people, if they're tall and they're handsome. Nevertheless, despite his job description and his small stature, we witness something here about Zacchaeus. He, if you go back into the word there, you'll see that he was moved by Jesus. I'm going to repeat that. He was moved by Jesus. The Bible says that when he heard Jesus, when he heard, when he heard people talking, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And when he heard that he was coming through Jericho, he sought him out. He went to look for him. He wanted to see Jesus for himself. He wanted to see Jesus for himself. This causes Zacchaeus to do something that would have been considered crazy, would be considered embarrassing. Because of who he was and uh, he was a wealthy man and people knew him and uh, they would have known he was Zacchaeus. And there he was running through the streets and he was climbing up into the sycamore tree. And, uh, you know, I often think, uh, about this one over the years as I've uh, read this story and heard people talk about this and as I look at what happens uh, in the in the world today when a pop group comes to town uh, how young people go crazy and they go running running and running and running particularly at airports uh, if you look at some of the old uh, uh, news uh, uh, films that we have of when the Beatles were around maybe the Beatles were a bit too bit too far back for some of you tonight but i can remember seeing uh news uh items of them arriving at an airport and there'd be people up on top of the car park in the airport and hanging on to wherever they could to see well this is what zacchaeus was doing to see jesus yet uh you know uh it it, it was just amazing and so he there he was and uh, as uh, the curiosity that you might have for one of this is how I'm sure others looked. They looked at Zacchaeus thinking, oh, my God, this guy's, this guy's crazy. Yet Jesus looks at us differently. Jesus does not see Zacchaeus as foolish, but rather Jesus sees his growing faith. See, Jesus sees his growing faith. He sees our growing faith. And I want to encourage you tonight that when you are dealing with people, when you are talking to people, look beyond the problem. Look beyond the situation. Where others in the crowd 
where Zacchaeus was and where Jesus was walking. They may have only seen him as the tax collector, the one who was taking their money. Jesus sees an expanding heart. Jesus knows your heart. He knows what's inside. And sometimes we don't let it out for whatever reason we keep it in. Where others just see a uh, where others just saw a short man climbing up into a tree. Jesus sees someone trying to figure out how to live right and love better. Jesus knows. Jesus knew what Zacchaeus was capable of. Jesus knows what you are capable of. And I'm confident this evening that this uh, will, will, be, will be a beautiful reminder for someone, if it, even if it's only for one person, each of us is more than an initial impression. Let me repeat that again. Each of us is more than an initial impression. We are more than our stature. We are more than our stature. We are more than our skin color or gender. We are more than our face and physique. We are more than our place or origin or current occupation. Oh, my, 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 my. There's so much there. There is so much there. Am I speaking to you tonight? Are you one of those people that just feels that you have to keep doing something to be recognized? That you always have to be, please forgive me, that you always got to be posting on Facebook because you want people to see you, because you want people to see how cool you are, what you've got, what you haven't got. God does not look at us in that way. And I just want to say to you tonight, whoever's listening to me, when, whether you're watching this tomorrow in the, in the daytime, in the nighttime, whether you're watching live or, or you're on playback. God looks on the inside. He's not worried about how many times you want to put yourself on Facebook, put yourself on Instagram. We all like to do it. But sometimes we overdo it to compensate for how we feel about ourselves. Too many of us spend uh, uh, too much time uh, trying to look the part. Just be yourself. Just be you. Don't try and be somebody else, but we just try. You know, uh, students, for instance, in class, uh, we try to sound smart. Uh, or, or on our jobs, we attempt to come across as, as competent. When inside, we're hurting. When inside, we're hurting, but we try to come across competent. Even in church. Please forgive me. Don't write to me afterwards complaining. Ah, that's just my joke. Even in church, we try to appear spiritual. We learn the hymns or the choruses or whatever you want to call them. Memorize scripture. And I want to say this. If you're one of those that can memorize scripture, apply that scripture to your own life as well as just memorizing it. Oh, hallelujah. That'll get me into trouble. But it's true. We can memorize scripture like we can memorize a poem, but do we live it out? And even uh, when we're worshiping the way we hold our hands and our head in a certain way during prayer and worship, 
we put on all the the garb and the, the the feigned spirituality in order to appear pious and oh yes holier i'm holier than now and often we do all of this for no other reason than instant public approval you don't need instant public approval you just need to know that Jesus is on the inside of you and that Jesus is living through you and that you are the light in the world so that others can see you. Do I hear any amens? And what happens is we slide into character so that nobody will say, look at him, he's nothing but a tax collector. And so often we try to be what we're not. And I just want to encourage you tonight don't be what you're not. Be who you are. Zacchaeus does not care who sees him oh, because he's up that tree and he's looking for Jesus. He does not care who judges him. Sometimes we get so frustrated about who judges us and why they judge us, but we bring it on ourselves by our actions. Nor is he ashamed about his current occupation to seek out Jesus' help. He's looking for help. His past will not foreclose his future oh hallelujah his past will not foreclose his future sometimes we worry about what happened in the past and how it's going to affect our future you need to look to the future forget the past god has forgiven you of your sins god has forgiven you of your sins and you need to look to your future and not worry about your Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. His present occupation will not preclude his potential in Christ. You see that? Zacchaeus' current position will not preclude him in his potential because it seems that Zacchaeus already understands that God looks at us through different lenses. God looks at us through a lens that our best friend doesn't even look at us through. Where man looks at outward appearance, God looks at the heart. Where our own insecurity causes us to judge and condemn quickly. You understand me? Sometimes because we're so in, in, insecure ourselves, we judge and condemn others so quickly. God is concerned with our possibility and potential. God's more interested in our potential and the possibilities that we have. This is not to say that our actions do not matter. To the contrary, they do. But God judges us by the sincerity of our faith, not our public performance. Do not become a performer. Consider Moses. He was a man with a stuttering problem. We know from the scriptures he had that problem of stirring, but God was more impressed by the clarity of his convictions. God wasn't even bothered about the fact that he stuttered. He was more concerned about his convictions. God valued moral courage over uh, eloquence. Consider David. Tall, dark, and handsome. Saul proved cowardly and corrupt. God saw a little shepherd boy risking his life to protect 
just one little sheep. This is why God picked him over all of his tall, handsome brothers. Why? Because in God's eyes, David's commitment, David's commitment to duty was more important than his physical description. Are you with me? His commitment. We have to be committed to what we do and not do things half-heartedly. Consider Esther, where others saw a beauty queen and a trophy wife to the Parisian king. God saw a woman with great faith and conviction. While others may have been enamored by her appearance, she was plotting to combat injustice and genocide against her people. If you remember the story of Esther, you know what happened there. And I just want to say this, you know, you and I should... <laughs> We, we, we should take comfort and find inspiration here tonight in God. We are so much more than others might give us credit for. Hello. When others say, he's nothing but a rich tax collector, or otherwise, you know, he's nothing more than a rich businessman, if you like. She's nothing but a wealthy Cambridge student. He's nothing but a financial aid kid. She's nothing but a waitress. He is nothing but a cleaner. We can trust and know that God sees more than what is on the surface. God sees both the complexity of who you are and the capacity of who you can become. Let me repeat that for you. God sees both the complexity of who you are, because some of us are complex, and the capacity, he sees the capacity in us for what we can become. Jesus had faith and trust in Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus's potential and possibility. This causes this tax collector to begin looking at himself and his obligations to humanity different. Jesus, oh yes, was willing to greet him with grace rather than judgment. And that's what we need to understand here tonight. We need to greet people with grace and not with judgment. This caused Zacchaeus to drop his insecurities, and embrace others with grace and compassion. Jesus embraced Zacchaeus where he was and for who he was. That's something else we need to do to understand, embrace people for who they are and where they are. This is what I believe catalyzed Zacchaeus to uh, reimagine who he could become. You know, Zacchaeus started to reimagine what he, what he could become and not worry about what he was. And uh, I just want to share this uh, as I bring this into, in, into a close. Uh, I recently read uh, a, a story uh, that, uh, that, that, that captures uh, th this sentiment. 
uh, a Georgetown University business major began to notice something. Uh, and I, please forgive me, I'm, this, this part I have to read carefully. Uh, each night as he sat in the library, a young man about his age would come in and start polishing the windows. For nearly a decade, this cleaner came in this space at the same time every night. Can you imagine for a decade cleaning the windows? Up until now, nobody had ever engaged him. So there he was, he'd been clean, but nobody had ever talked to him. Incredible. Nobody bothered to uh, talk to him uh, whilst, whilst he was there cleaning the windows. No other student had ever said more than a passing hi or excuse me until one night this business student decided to strike up a conversation. The young student discovered something that he did not anticipate. The student and the cleaner shared much in common. Oh, they were both immigrants from Jamaica, man. They both loved history and politics. Oof. Politics is one of my favorite subjects. And they both were aspiring entrepreneurs. I love entrepreneurs. I love working with entrepreneurs. In fact, he discovered that the, the, the cleaner made one of the best, here you go, JC, jerk chicken dishes. Before long, he was catering student events on campus and students helped him raise two and a half thousand dollars for catering gigs and create his own website. And you can find it yourself, it's O'Neill's Famous Jerk. Can you imagine? Can you imagine nobody had spoken to this guy for all these years? And yet somebody had it in them to get up and talk to him to find out they were from the both, both from the same country, both loved the same thing, and how that guy went on to uh, build a business. Hallelujah. Okay, the government student uh, widened his practice. He could not stop seeing those who were once invisible to him. So he's this student. He'd be going to this library all the time. He started to see all those who were invisible. In his words, once you see it, you can't unsee it. In fact, he began sharing the stories on Facebook uh, on, on a page entitled Unsung Heroes. And you can find it today on Facebook, Unsung Heroes. With each story shared, aspiration and tale of a, of, a, of, a, of a complicated life full of pain and promise, more and more Georgetown students began to see just how much they have in common with university service workers. You know, don't just look at somebody and because they're cleaning windows or they're sweeping the floors, they don't have anything in common. Oh, yes, they do. What you have to do is you have to make that contact. You have to talk to them. It's just a matter of breaking through walls of glass and education that separate them. It's just a matter of, of, of resisting snap judgments and seeing people. As God sees us, sometimes we make all these snap decisions and instead of getting in there, where we can win the loss, where we can pull people together and we can show God's love through us in our actions. There is much 
for us to learn from the from 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 Jesus and Zacchaeus. Oh yes, there is. Just as there is a lot for us to learn from one another. You know, sometimes uh, we, we we tend to push people that we don't want to learn from one another, particularly those who are in unexpected places. Our lives need not be valued by wealth but rather by our contributions to others. I don't care if you're the richest person around me. That doesn't make any difference to me. What I'm looking for is the contribution that you're going to put into me and the contribution you're going to put into others. And I don't mean monetary, although monetary for some people, for some students particularly, is very important. For in God's eyes, the height of our humanity is not measured by such uh, small categories and, 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 and juvenile categories of money, physical beauty and body size. Oh, no, 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 my friends. Our height is measured by the depth of our commitment to serving one another. That's something that we always talk about in CLC, serving one another. Seeing one another as God sees us, not as we appear, but who we can become, but who we can become. Let me just read that last thing to, uh, to you just before I bring this to a conclusion. Our height is measured by the depth of our commitment to serving one another, one another, seeing one another as God sees us, not as we appear, but who can we become? And please forgive me. I apologize. I've gone a little over time, but oof, I just felt the anointing on me tonight. And I hope you were blessed by this word. And can I encourage you, if you have time during the week, please watch it back and be blessed as to what God has tried to say through me tonight to you. God bless you and back to the studio.